All right, guys, welcome to another episode of the Leadership to Wealth podcast. And uh, I've got a really interesting guest on today because we're going to talk real estate. You know, he is an army officer with over eight years service, and he was spending a great deal of time away from the family. You know, he knew he needed to do something different because he wanted to be more present with his wife and kids. And uh, his interest in real estate actually began back in 2007 when he purchased his first home. And then he began investigating that real estate journey a little bit more. And um, in a short amount of time, he was able to expand his uh, business, hire a team. And what we're going to talk about today is he's he's really uh, found a niche and really enjoying uh, vacant land. Yeah, just a, a man out in his field. Um, you know, so he uh, outstanding in his field. That's how it goes. And, and so he's going to talk a little bit about that and what it's like to also be a coach in this space. And our guest today, Brent Bowers. Brent, good to have you on the show today. Hey, great to be here, Neil. Uh, appreciate you summarizing that. Um, <laughs> you know, it's uh, it, it came with a lot of mistakes and failures, and just just taking action when I didn't didn't know if it was going to yield anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I get, I I definitely get that. Um, so, you know, Brent, you know, give us a, a little bit of background there. You know, you're you're there as an army officer and you're obviously, you know, being called all over the place. And are you, are you still, um, in the military or were, or did you leave as a result of your real estate business? I have completely left. And it was as a, thank God for the real estate business. We, I started making enough, uh, passive income with land, uh, to allow me to exit the military, um, and it's quite a process. Uh, I had, you know, a couple of years uh, to get approved to, to get out. Um, but ultimately, I was trying to get out of the military. I was searching for something that would allow me to make enough income so I wouldn't be homeless. Uh, the thing about the military, they provide everything you need, except for you're just never home with your family. <laughs> you're always gone. Um, yeah. And the reason why I joined the military in 2009 was because I failed in real estate from 2007 to 2009. Uh, so it didn't start off all sunshine and rainbows. I started in 2007. I, I don't think I was really successful in it until about 2015. Um, yeah. So, you know, I, I'm probably and, and I've always found myself in leadership positions. So I, I was really attracted to this this podcast, um, you know, but uh, leaders make a lot of mistakes, too. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think that's really the for me, leadership is about making mistakes. Because how do you lead someone without having gone through uh, through the different difficult times, right? And uh, that experience is really the key. And you know, we talk we talk about shortening the learning curve, right? To to building wealth in different areas of our life: financial, fitness, family, you know, faith. All of these things that are most important to us. How do you do that? And and so it's a great story that you had that difficulty because you're able to pass that on. And I was just sharing with a uh, another with one of my partners, and where I said, y you know how easy it is when we talk to somebody 
to know whether they they actually invest in real estate or not. You know, in a couple of minutes, because we've all we've all got our war stories, so to say, um, where we've messed up. And uh, and so when when someone's talking to you and you're like, oh, this person doesn't actually know what it's like. (laughs) They they they've never uh, gone through anything. So, you know, very quickly. And uh, and so it's good that you're able to share that stuff. Now, I got to I got to ask because I'm I'm a. I, I like multifamily uh, real estate, and I also love uh, private lending, or as they call it in the states, hard money lending. But tell me about vacant land. How did you become, you know, a land coach, and and uh, getting into, I'm I'm guess selling vacant land, or maybe you know working on what? Like, tell tell us about that. Yeah, it all started by hearing a podcast. You know, early 2015, I was preparing to get out of the military. We had just had our first baby. I was preparing for combat deployment number three. Uh, What a lot of people don't know is like, uh, okay, you're gone, you're deployed for a year or nine months. But here's the thing, you also have to train for about a year prior. So technically, you're gone sometimes a year and a half, two years So I was scared to death. I was like, man, I cannot go down this route again. I had already had one marriage fail because I was always gone uh, on marriage number two. Uh, Love this lady. Still married her today. Thank God. Um, (laughs) Three babies later. But I needed to make a change very quickly because I was petrified. History was going to repeat itself. And I was going to be another or another deployment, another divorce. And now I've got children all over the world uh, that I never see. Um, it didn't happen. Wait, like wait, 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 hang on. You've got children all over the world. Well, I shouldn't say that. Uh, I would be on one side of the world and my kids would be on. another. Oh, oh, oh okay. Okay. Got it. Uh, so no, only have children, three children with one lady. Thank God. And I'm so yes. married to her, um, and plan to be for a very, very long time until death. Right. Goes apart. Uh, got it. I just was, I had a huge why, like I had to get my butt in gear. So I was willing to take the rejection. I was willing to get up early every single morning, even though I had to be on base at 6am. So I was getting up at 4am to work on my business. I was listening to four hour work week every time I drove in my car. So by Timothy Ferris. Good Tim Uh, Ferris. Yep. So I turned my car into a mobile university. I was all about what is the most productive thing I can be doing at this very second when I wasn't working for the military, you know, 12, 13, 14 hour days. So I heard a podcast talking about flipping vacant raw land. And I'm from a, a county called Okeechobee, or uh, I grew up in Okeechobee, Florida, very small cattle town in Florida. Uh, it's just above the big old lake in, in Florida. But our biggest producer of income is calves or feeder calves. So basically we have cattle and I know one thing about cattle. I'm not a cowboy. Um, but I know one thing and that's eventually they all go to get slaughtered. So I didn't want to do the herd mentality. Everyone else was chasing after the stinky old dirty cat pee houses, fighting over the duplexes, fighting over the multifamily. And I had already had rentals. So I understood the chaos and and I didn't want to replace one job with another because rentals for me was a job. Um, even with property management and tenants and termites. And uh, we've got one property right now. We just replaced the sewer line, the furnace, the refrigerator, and had to put in gutters. And now the tenant's saying there's puddles in the yard, so we've got to re-excavate because there's a negative grade. I'm pulling my hair out. I will never cash flow on this house. 
until I sell it maybe hopefully one day down yeah. the road. <laughs> so yeah. why land? It's because no one else was doing it. And I was like, if it's working half as well as this guy on the podcast is talking about, he's doubling his money like overnight. I want some of that. So I immediately started sending postcards and interrupt me anytime, Neil. I started sending postcards to vacant, raw landowners. There was nothing on this land. And there was one more caveat to that. They were behind on their taxes. And it was a pain in the butt to get this list. I can talk about how I got it. But yeah. I started mailing it and the phone started ringing. And I literally started doing deals right away. My first land deal was $285. Not buildable land. Garbage land. Most people would just never even look at this. I flipped it to a realtor for 5000 And that was how I got my start. The next one was $500. And it was still, this one was landlocked. There was no access to this legally. It was no, surrounded come by on. a park. Come on, you 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 picked up a, a piece of property for five hundred bucks. The second one was five hundred. Oh, the bucks. second one. Okay. Yeah. And how much was the first one? I bought it for two hundred eighty-five dollars from a retired CPA that traded tax work many many years ago, and that's exactly the amount he owed on the back taxes. So he did not. He was not emotionally attached to this land. He's never stepped foot on it. You know, he didn't care about it. See, guys, this is why you listen to a podcast. Um, you know, here Brent was listening to a podcast and it it began his journey in selling land, and you're hearing it that about that right now. So, guys, listen up because this is some good stuff. Come on, Brent, tell us some more about how you yeah. you got land. I literally people are throwing it away, you know, at those prices. It was they're, literally they're handing that, it to that, you. That's saying that you hear one man's trash is yes. another man or woman's treasure. treasure. Yeah. That second land deal for 500 bucks. This one was even worse. Like it was landlocked. It was like surrounded by state park land. And me personally, in my mind, I didn't think there was much value in it. So I just put it on Craigslist. I was like, well, 500 bucks. And let me tell you, 2000, it was early 2016 when I bought this. I wasn't swimming in money. You know, I wasn't like rolling in dough. I had two yeah. babies or I had no one baby at this time. I could barely afford diapers. Like 500 bucks <laughs> was a lot of money, but luckily I just made five grand. That first one that I bought for $285, that was a lot of money to me. I found that realtor before I bought that land. But the second one, I was like, okay, I'm profitable. So let's go on Craigslist. I actually uh, walked across the state park to get pictures of that land. Trespassed, actually. Um, but I put it all on Craigslist. The photos, I disclosed. You need to get legal access through an ingress, egress attorney or a title attorney that can get you legal access because it's landlocked. Yeah. That next day, someone came to my house and gave me $500 down. And he promised to pay $400 a month for a total of five grand. For this parcel and i was hooked because that one was covering my truck payment of 400 a month and i told my wife i was like if we do this 10 more times we are financially free we have enough money coming in to cover our expenses each month yes. and that, do the math like that's like 4500 dollars a month there's no way okay come on yeah i'm i'll i'll bite so so you you happen to get this first one. You you managed to find this next one, and and then what? And th now this one's now paying you paying your truck. Yeah, and so you're like, payment. okay, great. What do I what? How do I do more of this? 
Yeah, and I did. I kept sending out letters and we have obviously um, evolved into a better system strategy because I ran out of those tax delinquent parcels really quickly. Right. And I had to go to another market and we just kept rinsing and repeating. And like the fourth land deal was a bank. A bank calls me and says, listen, you sent us a letter. You sent us your postcard. What's your offer? And I had no clue what I was doing. I was like the fourth land deal. So I'm, I remember sitting at my army officer desk and I'm like, close the door. Cause I'm like, this is a bank. Like these guys, I can't believe they're calling me like a bank. Who yeah. they, they, do they realize I don't even have money? Like, actually I did. I, I had done a few land deals. I had like, I think $8,000 in the bank account at that time. And, yep. uh, I had paid off some credit cards, but still I was like scared to death. They wanted $25,000 for the land. I was like, I can only pay 20 grand. I didn't know what it was worth because I didn't have my system built out yet. I was just looking at what the uh, the, the the county assessors said that it was worth, which, yeah. by the way, that's garbage. They were completely off. Don't go right. off of that. Right. <laughs> go off right. of what, what comparable land parcels are selling for. Talk to land specialists, real estate agents. How do you find those guys? Look on Redfin and Zillow and look at the land that's selling and call those agents. So basically, we come to the agreement of 25000 uh, they were a better negotiator than I was, um, cause I wanted it for 20. They said 25. Um, and I said, let's just do it. I signed the agreement on Friday night. I didn't sleep that night cause I was scared to death cause I didn't have 25 grand. Um, yeah. nor did I know how to get it? So I went out that Saturday morning and I wrote 44 acres. This was right next to Shriver air force base in Colorado Springs. Okay. For a hundred thousand dollars is what it was worth about a hundred thousand. Now that land's probably worth five, 600,000. I wish I would have kept it a lot longer, <laughs> but anyhow, never look in the rear view mirror. There's a reason yes. why it's really small. Uh, look in the windshield, but um, I went out and put signs everywhere. 44 acres, 38 K phone number. So I had it under contract for 25,000 with the bank. I just wanted to assign my contract. I wanted to sell yeah. it to someone that had some money. Yes. Well, first call I got, they were chewing me out because I put the sign on someone else's property. The second one, I'm bracing for impact. I think it was almost out. I had about 20 signs out at that point. I was going. I was going to put signs out until it got dark and or I ran out of signs. Which what I had what are we talking about? Like some just some handwritten signs? Handwritten with a big black Sharpie marker on you know the back <laughs> of a yellow sign. You know how you see these signs all over the place? We buy houses. Those big yes. signs. Yes. I had the basically the blank ones. You can get them from Home Depot. You can buy the corrugated plastic. I was putting them out there. I was stapling them to wooden telephone poles, people's fence lines. I had gotten to about 20 or so on that second call. And I 44 acres for sale. 44 acres. And a phone number. 38K. 38K. Phone number. That's it. Okay. That second call, sweet Texan. He said, listen, where are you at? And I'm like a little nervous because I had just gotten reamed out 10 minutes prior. And uh, I was like, uh, <laughs> he's like, I see these signs popping up all over the place. We just sold our ranch in Texas. We need a place to buy. Where are you at? And I was like, well, let's meet at the land. And I'm, at, I'm at Okeechobee, Florida. No, <laughs> I, I, I thought about telling that because I was a little nervous. I was like, is this the police yeah. calling me or what? <laughs> yeah. um, so Sheriff's office coming for you. Yeah, we meet on the side of the road. He goes, I'll take it. We shook hands. Um, I said, sounds good. We'll get you the, 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 the paperwork. 
and I'm just making stuff up at this point. We'll get you in touch with the title company. I'm going to sign my contract. He didn't understand what I meant by that. Yeah. Basically, I was selling the contract to him yeah. that I had with the yeah. bank. And the next day, I got a $14,000 higher offer. And now I was at a crossroads in my life. So I was already going to make about $13,000 yeah. plus an additional $14,000. Now, my, like my greed my greed R is going now, like yeah. my greed level. Because, I mean, geez, do the math. That was like $25,000, yeah. $28,000 I was going to yeah. make off that, that one land deal. So I called one of my mentors. I was like, what do I do? We just shook hands on the side of the road. He goes, Brent, I think you know the right answer and pretty much hung up on me. So I called the Texan back and I was like, hey, I got a higher offer than what you made. I know we shook hands. It's for 14000 more than what you offered to pay. You agreed to pay. Uh, what if we just split that fourteen dollars I'll give you $7,000 for meeting me on the side of the road. He goes, no, I want the land. So I swallowed hard and I said, let's just do it. And let me tell you, I'm so glad that like that decision, like I made the right decision because yeah. $28,000 doing, you know, over 300 land deals is nothing now <laughs> yeah. because they just, I mean, it's, it's changed my life. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Woo. All right, guys. Um, here we go. Okay. So the things you can learn just by listening to a podcast. So you you find this piece of land. Now you, you're at the side of the road talking to a Texan and you're shaking his hand, which I really appreciate the fact that you honored that deal, even with shaking his hand. And I'm sure there's lots of people that'll sit there and say, yeah, you don't have any paperwork on it, you, you know, until the paperwork signed, you know, it, it doesn't mean anything, but it means something when you and I look in the mirror and and look at who we are and how we're going to do business. And it's important to be able to conduct ourselves that way and and do business with people that conduct themselves that way. Right. And uh, anyways, that I, I love that. I really do appreciate that you took that stance. So then you you go ahead, you make this deal. And now for those of you guys that are listening, when he talks about assigning, what it means is he's you you've got it under contract and you know they're going to sell it to you and you probably put in that clause or something similar that says um and or assigns which means that he can then put in someone else's name or put in a a company name or any of those kind of things and in exchange you charged a finder's fee and and uh, off you went. And so you sold it to him. He actually bought it. You didn't have to come up with the money yourself. You got to keep the difference. And uh, and an empire was started. Yeah, so true. And it, it cost me about, I don't know, $100 in signs, maybe yeah. a full tank of gas in that 2007 Honda Civic I was driving. It kind of yeah. sucked because the air conditioner didn't work. But, uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. that's all it cost me in about a half day on Saturday. Well, I, I love this. I love that you're bootstrapping it. Uh, I've got to ask, because you mentioned you, you called your coach or mentor there. Yeah, his name was Co is, is Cody Hoffine. He runs a very, very successful uh, wholesaling company. He was one of the founders of Wholesaling Inc. Um, yeah. Wholesaling Inc. podcast. I'm now one of the, I've got the honor to be one of the hosts on the Wholesaling Inc. podcast now. So you know, those little small decisions we make in life not to screw someone over when 
whenever we shake hands, like, yeah. thank God I made the right decision. Did I think about making the wrong decision? Absolutely. So you had a coach going into, going into these deals. Yeah. He wasn't a land specific coach. He was more of a wholesaling coach. He taught wholesaling houses, but the same techniques can be used for land. Uh, land's just a lot easier. There's a lot less moving parts. I mean, there's nothing on the land. There's no, there's vacant. It's raw. And, and what's amazing is sellers are so much less emotional when it comes to land, something they've never stepped foot on or, or they inherited it or they bought it 20 years ago. It's not like a, you know, a multifamily parcel or a multifamily project where the guy put his blood, sweat and tears managing it for 20 years. And this is his, his like livelihood. And he's got multiple offers and people bidding like wars, like mm -hmm. lands, a lot less competition. And I just, I just prefer the play in those waters that are, that are not muddied or, or as bloody. <laughs> yes, that's right. That's right. Well, I, you know, it's interesting. I, I like multifamily, but I found that I like a, a higher class or perhaps more expensive mm. than than the average because it's got larger units and if someone's not comfortable with the infrastructure that you need and and it's i find a lot of people that get into multifamily they like to go into the smaller number of units because they think to themselves well i can i can handle that right i can do that stuff and i'm thinking i got four kids if i start getting my hands into stuff I'll never see my kids. I will have just bought myself another job, right? So so I'm really intrigued by what you're sharing here about vacant land. I mean, we've got lots of vacant land up here in uh, the great white north uh, of Canada, but I'm I'm really interested. So now you're saying you got a mentor and and he's really on this wholesaling side, not land specific. How did you even figure this out to on how to find land. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll tell you, um, Neil, I would have, I would have bet a hundred dollars that you weren't into D and C or even B class apartments. Just looking at that beautiful jacket you're wearing. <laughs> I know you're in A plus yeah. properties. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Thank you know, you. I, and you know something great about this jacket. We, so you see, it's got my little pocket square. That's actually the pocket. I love it. They, they now make it so that, I, if I don't have a pocket square, all I do is take the the pocket and pull it out. It and it uh, looks like I got a pocket square. So oh, I see. That's see that? pretty high tech. See okay, that? that's cool. It's great. <laughs> uh, to answer your question, that's a really good question. Um, I didn't know all the answers, and I was I had my back against the wall. My biggest thing there was nothing I could lose anymore. Like I had already basically been homeless in two thousand and nine uh, before I joined the military. I mean, I. Had, I was humble, like, and I, I had rose through the ranks in the military, got to E5 sergeant. And then the, the military, the army saw something into me, into me, in me. And they, they, they poured into me and sent me to college for a couple of years. But let me tell you, being a brand new second Lieutenant, that's like, like no respect whatsoever. And I was like, man, I've already got two combat deployments. I was a sergeant. I was a leader. And now you guys are treating me like garbage. So I was like, F it. I have nothing to lose. <laughs> I don't care what, it, like the worst I can do is lose a little money on a piece of land. And eventually maybe I can hunt I, on I, it. I'll tell you, I'll tell you something funny, Brent, because I used to work for uh, the military as a civilian. And um, I know what, I know what the guys say about uh, someone at that rank uh, behind your back. Typically they say, Oh, that guy couldn't tie his own shoelaces. So. Yep. 
Yep. I will say that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, and I, and the thing was, it's like, and I, you know, whatever, I'll have some haters for saying this, but you know, officers eat, eat their own. And mm. I didn't like being an officer. Couldn't stand right. it. Couldn't stand it. When I was enlisted, I was taken very well care of. Um, yeah. even though I was the worker, I was the backbone. Um, but officers, like I, I literally sat at my desk, but I got treated like crap. But anyhow, that we're not talking about the military here. Yeah. I wanted to get the heck out. Um, yeah, but I had nothing to lose. I didn't care. Um, I would I, I needed to make I needed to be the leader for my family. I needed to get out so I can be with yes. my family. Um yes. my, my wife was on the other side of the country with our with our baby, uh yes. pregnant with our second child. So like you know, I just manned up and, and took the action. And if you're a woman listening to this, like, I'll tell you what, I surrounded myself with smart people. Like for one of my first hires was a woman to answer, help me answer the phone. She's still with me today. Her name is Jen Wei. Um, and she helped me take some of these phone calls, but I didn't know all the answers. I knew the basic fundamentals that here's how to make money in land or investing or multifamily or houses. You need to do income producing activities. You need to reach out to owners of the land or the houses or the mobile homes or whatever the heck you're going for and connect them with buyers. And that's yeah. all I focused on. I need to reach yeah. out to landowners that want to get rid of their land at a discount. Yeah. And it's got to be a discount because I got to make profit. And I told him, I was like, look, I don't know really what I'm doing. This is my side hustle. I'm in the military, but I'd like to buy your land for this much. And then so I there's this. Buyers. So let me ask. So you're you're finding some there's some sort of list out there, maybe with the land registry offices or something like that. And and I'm guessing they're probably in all the counties, maybe in all the different states. They've got some type of availability where they just list who has who has this land and you get it. You get access to this. And if someone gets access to this, then they're able to get contact information for the people you got it you got it and it can be done virtually like i work with a lot of canadians i'm not teaching them how to buy canadian land because i have no clue how to do that but wait can... you work with canadians like me oh yeah we've got several okay. in the land sharks community uh so we yeah. built a community but anyhow like let me talk to you about that list come on so, all my canadians listen up here here we go yeah, yeah. Um, so, I mean, you can buy us land, like all you need is a LLC that you can go to prime corporate services and they set you up with an LLC for like a couple hundred bucks, uh, whatever. Uh, so prime corporate services, you might even have a link to that. Um, but basically what I do is I teach people how to go to redfin.com or zillow.com and find what I call the, the heat maps, the hot areas. Uh, in house wholesaling, we called it the hot zip code. So let's just put in Orlando, Florida, and that's in Redfin. And you want to go to all filters in the top right-hand section and go to sold. You want to see the solds because that tells me where the demand's at. Then land, and then look at the last seven days. And then, so we, I keep scrolling down. So again, all filters, land, sold, last seven days, and then go and exit out of Orlando, Florida because you want to get rid of that outline um, on the map and you want to zoom out now we're looking for clusters of sold land once you find that and, and real estate is micro i want to micro down to the neighborhood i want to see what's selling for how much what size and then there's one more thing i want to see what realtors listing the land who it was listed by and who it was bought by listing agent buyer's agent because those are your land sales specialists with boots on the ground you could be sitting in jamaica doing this 
Yeah, love it. Actually, one of my friends is in Jamaica right now. I was supposed to be there too right now, but that's oh, a whole other conversation. Another con but you <laughs> and and now list. I'm here with you, Brent. No, no it's so great. Now I know where I want to pull this list. I have yeah. evolved. I don't go after the tax link anymore because that's a very small list. You'll do deals. You'll get low hanging fruit, and if you can get that list for free from your county, then go for it. Now counties are starting to charge for this tax delinquent list. So I recommend a program called PropStream. If, if, you, if anybody needs a, okay. a free trial to that, a seven-day free trial, go to the landsharkslist.com. But here's the thing. They're going to charge you in seven days, 99 bucks. So set your calendar <laughs> to cancel that if you don't want to pay for it. But now that I told you how to find that hot area, and you could do this anywhere, Texas or Alabama or Georgia or like anywhere in the United States. I started in Colorado right in my own backyard because I didn't know any better. So you go to PropStream. Now you're going to draw a little you know, rectangle, square, triangle of this neighborhood and pull all the landowners in that area and send them what I call a land offer letter. It's basically an offer amount that you're willing to pay for this land. And it's got to be a low enough amount. If they sign this thing and send it back, you are guaranteed profit. And I say don't do the deal unless you can make at least $10,000 on it. So if anybody wants to copy that land offer letter, I've been triple split testing this thing against postcards, against sending out like what looks like a check. And this land offer letter is by far performing better than all three or those other two put together. Go to the landsharks.com forward slash LOL as in land offer letter or laugh out loud because you just got a smoking hot land deal. But the landsharks.com forward slash LOL to get a copy of that. Well, now how do we figure out how to price this? Like, oh my God, Brent, like I have no clue. Well, Redfin is showing you what similar size parcels are selling for and chunk things. Chunk, you're like, what does chunking mean? Okay, you see that most of them were half acre, half acre, half acre, two acre, half acre, half acre. Okay, the half acres look like they're in the highest demand. Let's look at all the half acres and come up with the average price that the half acre parcel is selling for. Yeah. And that's how you do it. So, I mean, so many questions. Um, okay. So do you also get into, let's say you, you see that the half acres are selling for that amount, but then you come across an acre. Do you then get in there and say, Hey, let me uh, sever it. Let me divide these two and then sell them uh, as two separate half acres. That's tomorrow's mailing. We're going to go after the one acre. We're going to yes. go after the half acres today. Yes. And then maybe there's a three quarter acre parcel. Now we need to see what the three quarter acre, like each, I chunk yeah. them into separate mailings because the price per one acre might be selling for a little bit more than the half acre. So I like the pricing is going to be different on each one of those. So each day we'll mail a different size parcel until we exhaust all the land in that neighborhood. Um, so yes, if the county will allow you, what we call that, we call that a subdivide. Yeah, if we yeah. get a smoking hot deal in a one acre parcel, we call the county and say, hey, can we split this up into four parcels? We notice there's a quarter acre lot selling across the street. What's the process of that subdivide? Now that's a, a whole lot more complicated for this podcast, but yeah. sometimes it's county will just tell you the, the steps to take. You take a few months, you spend some money on a survey and get it done. And now you have four parcels for sale. <laughs> yeah. So yes, yeah. there's additional ways to make money. I don't do a lot of subdividing. I like to keep it simple. I, I call I'm, I call myself a lazy land investor. I just want to buy it and sell it. And I prefer to sell it on payments because I want to be paid for the next 30 years on it. Oh my goodness. Okay. Okay. <laughs>
you're making it sound way too easy here, Brent. Cannot be this easy. It's work. There is work. And, you know, oh, okay. Now I feel better. There is yeah. work. This okay, is a what? process. And, and, you know, it's like uh, once you build the bones, you build the systems and the structure. Like I just bought a piece of land. I never even spoke to the seller. Like that came back in my email. I had my uh, real estate agent list it. I had six weeks to purchase it, but I was allowed to market it and find my buyer before I even purchase it. So it's, yeah. it's uh, not complicated. You know, real estate investing is not complicated. Real estate investors are complicated. You know, we can, we can build systems and strategies. And the reason why it sounds so easy is because I've been doing it now for like seven years and I teach people how to do this. And it's simple, but you have to have blind faith to get those letters out the door and know something will come back. We, we track three key performance indicators, KPIs, how much we sent, AKA those land offer letters, how much we spent to send those land offer letters, about 80 cents a piece. And that's done for you, someone else doing it and how much we made spent, sent, made. So we realize, okay, I made $10,000 and I sent out 1000 land offer letters. Okay, I just spent $800 to make 10,000. So I know, and I'm just pulling this, this out of my hat from another student. I know that I'm going to make $4.87 for every time I send one of these letters. So if we can build that logically in our mind, okay, I got to spend 80 cents to make $4. How many times are you willing to do that? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So why do you teach anybody else how to do this? I mean, great question. The sound, the sounds like, uh, I, I, I don't know. I feel like uh, I'm listening to uh, that guy that's sitting on the boat with all the all the women, and he's like, "You can make lots of money too." This can't. This can't be. Yeah, I don't saying. have the Lamborghinis. Um, I don't have the boats. I don't have a boat, actually. I have a lake Popping house. Champagne bottles. <laughs> I drink champagne. Um, yeah. You know, I have a lake house that. Of course uh, you do. You're an army officer. <laughs> <laughs> you got to drink sometimes. Um, I don't. I don't. Uh, drinking doesn't serve anybody, by the way. I don't promote that. Um, but I have a lake house, but I have a friend that likes using my lake house, but he has the boat. So he's got the depreciating. There's, it's not an asset. I was going to say the yeah. depreciating asset. I got the appreciating one. So I use his boat when I want, and he uses my lake house when it's available. Um, yeah. Anyhow, so I here's why I teach this. Well, let me back up. I used to, so I spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on education that I never, I was the guy that would like, when I graduated high school, I, I went to those seminars like uh, the, the uh, Allen, I don't know, all those, those gurus that teach this stuff. And I was yeah. always like, sitting in the audience like just uh, like fascinated by how like successful those guys look they have like the rolex the beautiful jackets like you're wearing and i was like one day i'm gonna be that guy and then i also was like why is he up here telling his secrets if he's making this much money in real estate why is yeah. he telling his secrets yeah and i'll tell you why i tell my secrets uh in 2018 i had enough passive income to I haven't had a job since 2018. I was making enough money coming in automatically, and basically my wife's like, "You got to do something with your time." <laughs> um, so I started like going on coffee appointments, and I was training people how to do this, and I was having a lot of fun doing it, and I was doing it for free. And then I found a coach. Anyhow, we we started charging, and that was very lucrative. 
very quickly, um, which allowed me to buy more land deals with that money. And then, oh, yeah. by the way, these students were coming and they're like, hey, I need $80,000 to buy this land, but it's worth one hundred and sixty. dollars I was like, well, I don't have eighty thousand, but I know who can I know who can loan it to us for at nine percent interest. So we do the deal. So I was doing more land deals now, and they were coming to me, and it was even less work. So I always feel like I'm a double agent. I get to see what's working all over the country with other very successful. Like I've got more students. Like I've got students doing way better in land than I am. Like making like five hundred thousand dollars a year, eight hundred thousand a year in land. And I'm like, for a for first two years, I was like, what's wrong with me? I got to step my game up. So I started expanding and hiring and taking on all this debt and rental. Like I bought an office and like I had this office space. And then I started getting gray hairs. And then my wife told me, like, I don't like you. You've turned into a, like a, a jerk because I was building my ego and I was literally doing land deals just to pay my team. So we compressed. I now only have an assistant, one part-time acquisition manager and a bookkeeper. And I'm wildly way more profitable now. So this is why I do it. My community, because it's boring. Be I'm sorry. It's lonely being an entrepreneur. Yeah. Now I get to surround myself with friends that also buy and sell land. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's great that you mentioned that. Because a lot of people in the industry, you and I know, a lot of people sort of do the, they make their money. And... And then what happens is, like, let's say, uh, and I had this happen where a friend called me up and he was on a beach and he said, man, I wish you were here. And and I was like, yeah, I, I wish I was too. You know, got the kids in school, can't, can't be down there. And all I could hear was the loneliness. He, he had made money, but he had no one to be able to enjoy it with. And, and to be able to build a community around you and to be able to enjoy that, I, I really get that. I have a young, young guy. Uh, his name is Andrew. He did very, yeah. very well in land investing. And he literally went and sat on the beach. He's like, I'm, I'm unplugging for a year. That lasted for him for about three weeks. And he's like, I, I was, you know, you can only sit on the beach so long. <laughs> yeah. 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 I will. I was just speaking at, um, the uh, multifamily real estate conference here in Canada um, and Grant Cardone was in, was the, the keynote speaker. And I was, I was speaking on that card and I was sharing with people. I said, you've got to have some sort of motivation beyond just money. Cause the moment your bills get paid, then, you know, you're, you're going to be done and you're going to be bored. Yeah. And, and so there is something important to it. So I, I appreciate that. Now I'm, I'm curious is the process and sorry guys i'm just going to ask this because this is sort of a personal question is the process to setting up those systems is it because i i love looking at what how can you pour more fuel on the fire so so part of me is like can you set up that system in such a way that then you can just keep pouring more fuel on the fire or is it something where you know, like you're saying, hey, you know what? I realized it's it's better just to uh, have a small team, enjoy this, and teach other people. Yeah, I'll tell you, we poured a ton of fuel on the fire, and it's very yeah. easy to reverse engineer that. Once you yeah. see, okay, how many you have to send to make $10,000, let's just, I mean, on average, it's about 800 letters. Now, what if I send 1,600 letters? Yeah. It makes me about 20,000. 
How about 3,200 letters? Okay, that got us to the $40,000 mark. Um, and then just you increase, and then sometimes you just knock one out of the park um, and, and do that $150,000 land deal. And then you buy a $1.2 million land deal. Like, so it's amazing how you can multiply this. Uh, it compounds. It's like a snowball. You start really small, and eventually you hurt your freaking back trying to pick it up. Right. <laughs> Which I'm guilty yeah. of. So. Okay. Wow, that's really interesting. I mean, one of the one of the parts that I like about a multifamily residential is, you know, it's it's very easily very easy to scale. I mean, someone can start with say three units, and then you can move to ten units, and then you can move to twenty units, and you can pour more fuel on the fire, yeah. so to say. And and the systems that you need are going to be pretty much the same. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so it. it to me, it occurs to me that it's it's simple to scale that way. And and so, of course, I'm sitting here listening to you and going, wow, this is really interesting. I wonder what that could look like, because I also like the excitement of, you know, these these quick sort of turnovers and deals that you're talking about, because yeah. that's not the case in multifamily. You know, yeah, it's not quick, quick turnover. Right. And even hard money lending, hard money lending great you make a quick transaction and then you're you're making money continually which is great and then you've got you've got to go get your next deal and next deal and yeah. and that's fairly ready but it's there is something really shiny about being able to acquire land and and uh being able to flip it over so i i'm i guess that's what i'm curious about is how scalable is that yeah. well um, i'll tell you like we got 69 parcels of land that are paying us uh every single month uh so we're paid multiple times a day these guys never call unless they want to you know pay more or change their credit card information sometimes they default they get they get behind or they're late but the software program that we use easynotetracking.com um it costs me 99 dollars a month whether i have you know two notes or 100 and each one of these these uh, land buyers, they pay a $25 a month note service fee. So that basically pays my bookkeeper and all that. Um, but I'm not dealing with, uh, like I talked about that one rental property, I'm not dealing with having to replace a furnace and gutters and a sewer line. And that was on one property. These, these land buyers, there's nothing can break. So yeah. it's, a, and, and, and some of these are paying me for the next 30 years. Now, will yeah. they refinance or sell it on an up or a down market? Yes. Banks do the same thing. They know that most people move every five to seven years. So that pretty much the, the a 30-year mortgage is pretty much front-end loaded interest. And yeah. why these are beautiful. Because for the first seven years, it hardly pays anything down. So I'm trying to keep these payments coming in as long as possible. Now, if they want to pay off, I'll take the money. Right. Um, and then we'll buy some more. But I'm looking at is how do I do the, the least amount of work and get paid for the most amount of time? So I don't get excited on a $50,000 profit land deal anymore. I get more excited on $382 a month for the next 30 years. <laughs> oh, man, guys, I hope as you listen to this, you're as excited as I am. I mean, I'm just, yeah, Brent's tickling my fancy here. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I love what you're talking about here. I love the simplicity in it, in it because anyone can start and and get this started. It takes something if you want to get into the multifamily space. It takes something to get into that. It takes something to really get into the 
um, well, it takes money to get into hard money lending. And, and what you're talking about is really a low, uh, low cost, low barrier of entry, right? Uh, so if you're listening, you, you can't really come up with the excuse of I don't have any money. Because Brent has just showed us and talked to us about his journey and how he did it with next to nothing. And, um, and so I'm, I'm really intrigued by that, if for no other reason than to go out and, and prove that this stuff works and, uh, and show people that. So I, I love that. So what now, Brent? What's next for you? Uh, you know what? I, I'm very happy where things are at. We just got off a couple-week vacation. Uh, so I'm recharged and ready to go. Um, we try and take mini vacations uh, every month or so. Um, so we're just going to keep building the financial uh, income, selling this land on with seller financing. Yeah. Uh, now I'm I'm getting lenders, private lenders, reaching out to me that say, "Hey, I have money that I just pulled out of the stock market, or I have money underneath my mattress that I'm paying them anywhere from eight to twelve percent interest." So that's been beautiful. Um, so that allows me to do more seller financing. Now I have a lender to pay, yeah. but. I don't do that roller coaster anymore where my bank account would literally hit zero and then I have to right. build it back up. Now it's like steady right. Eddie and we just grow a little bit each month. Um, I love, love teaching people how to do what I've done. I get, that's like the emotional satisfaction of that. I get more excited when I get a new land shark than when I get, you know, five acres in Daytona beach. I think. <laughs> wow. Okay. So um, where do people go to get more of Brent? Yeah, you can check me out on TikTok, Brent L, as in land. Yes, that's my middle name, Brent L. Bowers, one. Or call me on my cell phone, 863-801-6959. Um, and if you want to schedule a call, you can go to thelandsharks.com. Um, there's a couple ways. You know, Hit me up on Instagram. I, I reply to all messages. Brent, thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, great value, without a doubt, and uh, definitely – Look forward to hearing more about your journey. And guys, check them out. Go to the website. We'll have the links in the show notes. And uh, Brent, will see you and everybody else next time on the Leadership to Wealth podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. 